Welcome to the Multi-Purpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. Here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. If you're like many of us, you've just wrapped up your taxes and you're thinking about your personal finances and your strategies and wondering where did all that money go? Did you know that if you are a teacher, there are some particular nuances around your financial strategy that you should be considering? We wanted to help teachers by sharing some of those nuances, as well as giving you some additional resources where you can get more information. This will be a quick episode, just an overview to get you started but we'll have some links in the episode notes. Today's guest has actually joined us before when we talked about talking to students about money. His name is Rob, and he's a Maryland math teacher and founder of The Simple Startup. Welcome to Rob. So Rob, can you tell us a little bit about what is different about teacher personal finances versus just general personal finance education? So, I mean, teachers have a couple of different things that are unique to them. Um, for one thing, we have access to a 403B as opposed to a 401K when it comes to your retirement plans. They're very similar, but they're also very different in how they are regulated. And you may notice that there are people coming into your staff lounge with free sandwiches or cookies or a pizza and being like, hey, let me tell you about all the great ways you can manage your money. But that doesn't happen in corporate America where your company is responsible for finding the best deal for you out there. And then they just kind of set you up with it. 403Bs are very unregulated. And as a result, you get a lot of sharks in the water. Um, And you have to be very careful about who you invest your money with, because it can be a matter of hundreds of thousands of dollars when it comes to your retirement. Another big difference, you also have access to a 457 plan in most states and in most schools, which is another type of retirement vehicle that is not available to the majority of Americans. And it's something that's very unique to teachers. You get to put money in there and also in your 403B retirement. So you actually have two retirement vehicles as opposed to just one that comes through your company. So just some of the basics that come in there. And then of course, you've got different things such as educator supplies, which can be written off in taxes. You've got um, different perks and benefits that maybe come from being an educator, such as places you can get discounts. There's lots of just fun facts and quirks about being a teacher beyond just what you do for your job. So um, highly recommend, yeah, teachers think about like your finances specifically and separate yourself from the general population. And Chooseify has a great educators group on Facebook that does nothing but talk about educator finances. So I highly recommend you check that out. If I'm a teacher just getting started looking at my personal financial situation and trying to determine a strategy, what should my top three priorities be? If you're just getting started, the first step is to figure out what's currently happening. So I want you to track all of your income and all of your expenses for at least 30 days. So there are spreadsheets you can do. There are printables you can do. You can track it in a budgeting app if you want, whatever is your preferred way to just kind of keep an eye on things. But every time you spend money, log it. So how much was it? And in what category did you spend it? So was it on food? Was it on clothing? Was it on shelter? Was it on classroom supplies, which we know is going to be on most of our budgets. And you just, at the end of the month, take a look at, okay, where was I spending my money? And how much did I keep for me? How much went into these other different categories? 
And then how much money did I make? And you start there with just getting a picture. After that, what are your goals going to be? So I want to start saving for retirement. As a teacher, you already are in most cases because you have a pension. So you are being forced to save for retirement through your pension. But in most cases, the pension is not really going to be enough for you to live that life that you probably are dreaming about when you get to retirement. So you want to take care of a little bit of it yourself as well. So we want to think about, okay, how much do I need to put into retirement? And then start making that a priority in your spending plan or your budget for that, for that next month. Are there any other savings goals that you have coming up? Do you need to make an emergency fund? So do you have a savings account that is solely dedicated to just putting out fires when they happen? If not, we want to start getting that in place. Start with $1,000. And then once you've got that, try and build up three to six months of your core expenses. So if you did lose your job, if you were disabled and unable to work, whatever the reason, you would be able to cover your expenses for about three to six months. I think that's two tips. Do I need a third? <laughs> um, if, if you're talking about a third tip, I mean, I've got tons of tips. Uh, if you want to talk about a third tip, maybe start looking at you as a teacher, how can you increase that income without having to work more? That's always the key is like, we can work more. Yes. Um, but how could you increase your income? So look at your school and be like, are there salary lanes that I can move up in by getting maybe a couple extra continuing education credits? If there are, where do I get those? Can I get those for free? So look for online programs, look to your state and see, are they offering continuing education credits that you can pick up? Um, in some school district, you can get free ones for doing things like curriculum writing or doing after school programs where you might be able to grade while also doing you know, time towards your continuing education credits and start moving up that salary lane. You're just leaving money on the table if you are not at that high salary lane as fast as possible. Three is great. I like things in threes. And so the, the <laughs> top three here for those teachers just starting to look at their personal finances are to get a financial picture of how you're spending right now. The second is to set out your financial goals. And the third is to look at ways of increasing that top line, increasing your income. Yes. And you can do that in your own job. You can find other jobs to do. You can take on extra roles. There are lots of ways you can increase that income. But if you are going to do better with your finances, there's three ways to do it. You've got to increase your income, you've got to decrease your expenses, and you've got to take that gap that you create and invest it smarter so that you can start creating that financial future that you really want. What about if I'm already savvy on all of those things? I know my goals. I have a good financial picture, but I'm taking another look at my strategy. I haven't looked at it in a few years. What are the three things that I should focus on at that point? So when you reevaluate your strategy, check in what your goals were. Maybe if you're saying like a couple of years, what were your goals a couple of years ago? Do you feel like you're on track with those? If you are, then maybe you don't have to tinker with it at all. You're doing great. Congratulations, by the way, if that is you, you are doing awesome. And that is a step that a lot of people have not yet taken. So that is fantastic. If you're looking at your investments, so say you were a beginner teacher or you started investing in a 403B, but you maybe went with a person in the staff lounge or... You didn't quite know which one, to, which program to go with. So you just asked like your neighbor across the hall, like, Hey, which one do you invest in? And you went with that. You might realize that your money is not invested in the most cost efficient place. Um, so take a look at your investments. So your 403B, your 457, um, your IRAs, if you have one, and just figure out what is the expense ratio on those investments and how are they performing? How much has your money grown in the past year? 
and then check it against the total U.S. stock market index. So if you Google those words, total U.S. stock market index, you will see a chart pop up and you can see over the past year, how much has the U.S. economy, so in terms of all the stocks in the U.S., how much have they grown over the past year and compare that to your own portfolio. That's usually a good benchmark to measure it against. Um, if you notice that your portfolio has maybe grown 5%, but the U.S. stock market's grown 20 you might need to rethink, like, where am I investing my money and how much am I being charged for it? Because the difference between a 1% and a 2% fee over investing lifetime can be several hundred thousand dollars. Like, it does um, stunt the growth of your money quite a bit. So that would be, like, if you're doing well with your money, that's where you kind of fine-tune things. Like, where are you investing and can you do better with your money? If you have questions about your 403B, I highly, highly recommend you check out this website called 403bwise.org. And there is a fantastic Facebook group that goes with that too, where basically you tell them what your 403B options are and they will tell you this is the best one that you should invest in and maybe get out of the one you currently are in because that's just a dangerous plan to be in. If you're anything like most PTAs, right now you have Spiritware sitting in a closet You paid for it and you don't expect to make any money from it. You've written it off, but you don't have to. You can still fundraise with these shirts. How, you ask? Project Repat will turn those old shirts into an incredible looking quilt. This quilt makes a great graduation or alumni gift, but most importantly for us PTAs, it is a fantastic auction item. After the auction, when you have parents asking if they can do the same thing with their children's spirit wear that's sitting in their home closet, your answer is another fundraiser. You can send them to the Project Repat site and your school will get a percentage of the sales from your school community. This is also a fundraiser you can feel good about. Since launching in 2012, Project Repat has prevented over 10 million t-shirts from winding up in landfills. Their quilts are made from soft fabrics right here in America. So go ahead and tell the principal they can have their spirit wear closet back and go to projectrepat.com to make your quilt today. As a special for our listeners, if you use code K12, you'll get an extra 25% off, which means more auction proceeds for your school. That's projectrepat.com. And don't forget to use code K12. Now, back to our episode. I have to say that I don't think two years in my adult life have gone by where I haven't somehow changed my financial strategies <laughs> because something different has happened, you know, whether it's I've had a kid or I've moved or whatever the case may be. So I do think that the, the first scenario that you mentioned where you come back to your goals two years later and they're the exact same is an unlikely scenario. And so <laughs> reevaluating those goals and And you may be on track for the retirement goal, for example, because that one might not change, but your more immediate goals probably do adjust. And so taking a look at your financial portfolio makes a lot of sense. How often do you recommend that teachers take a look at their financial strategies? If you look at the research that's out there, Fidelity did a great study where they showed that the optimal amount of time that someone should look at their portfolio or touch it in any way is about once per year. Uh, more than that, people just tend to over tinker with it and you get lower results from it. Less than that, so not touching it at all, typically turns out pretty well. That's probably number two, like don't touch it at all. If you think you've set yourself up in a good way, just let it run, let it ride. 
it really comes down to the person and how much involvement they want to have in their finances. So if you are someone who's like, you know what, I don't really want to learn much about this. I'm not super interested in, I don't want to play with individual stocks, or I don't want to think about like reallocating my portfolio or rebalancing and all these things. I just want something, just tell me where to put my money and I'll put it in there. I'll do it every month and I'll let it go. You can do that. So there are things such as target retirement funds where you just basically say, I plan to retire in 2040 and the company that's providing it will do all of the work for you. You Just put your money in there and they will have it ready for you when retirement comes. So if you want that really hands-off approach, I do recommend target retirement funds in companies such as Vanguard or Fidelity or Schwab. These are the big companies that really, I think, have investors' best interests at heart. Um, if you are investing in a company that also sells insurance, you are probably in the wrong spot. Um, that's just kind of your general rule. So if you have like an AXA or I'm just going to go with AXA because that's the one I was in and they were absolutely terrible for me. But yeah, get on out of there. If you had to name your top resources where a teacher who wants to get smarter about their personal finances should go, what would those resources be? I would start with the classic, it depends. Um, <laughs> so ask yourself first, what way do you like to learn? So teachers, we're, we should be people who like to learn. Um, we deal in learning all the time. What's your preferred mode to learn? Do you like to read? Do you like to watch? Do you like to listen? And there is tons of information out there for any of those things. So if you like to watch, there are YouTube channels out there that have fantastic information. Some of the ones I really recommend are things like Two Cents. That's from PBS. Um, you've got the Chooseify YouTube channel, which puts out tons of great content, Personal Finance Club, all you know, wonderful YouTube channels to follow. If you like to read, go explore different personal finance blog writers and find a voice that resonates with you. So my you know, biggest advice, same with podcasts, is to dabble in a lot of different content providers and find the one that you're like, you know what? I like the sound of this. This person speaks about money in a way that resonates with me. I feel like I'm talking to a friend when I, I, when I hear this person or, you know, they, they sound a lot like me. They went through a similar journey to me and I can, I can listen to that person. They don't sound like they're preaching to me or they're saying something that's totally unrealistic for me because you want to find somebody that you actually like and you will sit and come back to on a regular basis and fit your lifestyle. I mean, podcasts are my preferred way of learning because I can listen to them while I drive or while I'm mowing the lawn or while I'm out walking with uh, my family sometimes. Like it's depends on what we want to do. So yeah, podcasts are my superpower when it comes to learning. And you raise a good point that it's really, everybody has different values and beliefs around money and there is no right one. And so finding a voice, whether that's a written voice, an audio voice that resonates with your belief system around money, you're going to learn best that way. So I think that's a great tip. Yeah. I mean, I know the people listening to this are either listening to a podcast or maybe you're scrolling through social media. There are tons of social media channels out there who all they do is put out fantastic content around personal finance or entrepreneurship or real estate investing or whatever topic that you're kind of like, yeah, you know what? I could, I could dig into that a little bit more and find out more. So know yourself and make sure you're setting yourself up for as little resistance as possible when it comes to learning more. And if people have questions for you, how do people reach you, Rob? You can find me at chooseifyfoundation.org. You are welcome to search for me on Facebook. So if you search Rob Phelan, you will find me or Chooseify Foundation. And you're also welcome to email me, rob at chooseifyfoundation.org. I would be happy to point you in the right direction for your own finances or help your school get set up with the Chooseify Foundation personal finance curriculum. 
And Rob, it has a wealth of knowledge, so don't be afraid to tap it. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at www.k12clothing.com. We'll see you next week in the multi-purpose room.